Hello and welcome to Feeling the Sync, a podcast from Kerala News. My name is Alejandra Angula Alonso, and on this episode, we'll be talking about the new Kerala government, only formed by left-wing pro-independence party Esquerra Republicana, following the departure of former junior coalition partner Junsper Calaluña. How did we get to this breaking point? What does this mean for the independence movement? My colleague and Catalan news editor Gifra Jordan joins me today to discuss the political fallout. Thanks for having me again, Alejandra. Yeah, thanks for joining. It's been a busy week. So Gifre, uh, now Esquerra is governing solo with just 33 seats of support of the total 135 in the Catalan parliament, a significant minority indeed. And I guess I'm just wondering, why has the situation escalated to this breaking point? Give us a summary of the coverage of the last few weeks. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to try to summarize it. It's a bit difficult to explain the whole thing, but our listeners have to know that Esquerra and Junts formed a coalition government after the February 2021 election. They signed a coalition uh, deal in May 2021. But in August 2022, so a couple of months ago, uh, Junts began to say that that deal is n was not being complied by Esquerra. So Junts was complaining about, uh, for instance, all the independence bloc not having a joint strategy uh, in Madrid, in Madrid's Congress, mm -hmm. you know, the MPs of Esquerra and Junts. And they were also complaining about both of these talks with Spain that the Catalan government is uh, having. Mm, they say these talks should only be about a referendum on independence and an amnesty for all the uh, open judicial cases for people involved in the 2017 referendum preparations and organization. Uh, Junes was also complaining about a lack of coordination of the whole independence bloc. They, they wanted some entity to coordinate the strategy. And well, they said these three things are not being complied. And as a result, a couple of weeks ago, in the general uh, policy debate that happens every year, every September, Junes suggested that Esquerra should uh, put forward a motion of confidence to check whether MPs in the chamber still back the president, uh, Esquerra's Pere Aragonés. That was very annoying for, for yeah. Aragonés. I, I guess he didn't Aragonés like that. didn't and like that. And the day after, he sacked the, his vice president, who was uh, June's uh, highest ranking official in government, uh, Jordi Puigneró. So he did that only one day after June's, their ally, uh, threatened with this motion of confidence. What happened afterwards? Junes uh, gave three, four days to Esquerra to engage in an express negotiation about those three points that I mentioned um, in order to continue this uh, government. There was no deal reached in this express negotiation. And uh, last week, in an internal vote, Junes um, members, um, it was ab about 6,000 people uh, were eligible to vote in, in this uh, internal consultation. They decided to leave government, to quit government by 55% in favor of leaving and 42% in favor of staying in government. So it was quite tight, but 
clear. The result was clear. So Junts uh, quit the government last week. Yeah. And actually it was Esquerra's first solo government since 1934, in 90 years. This, oh, wow. this hasn't happened in the past uh, 90 years. Yeah, that's very shocking. Pretty, pretty significant, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Gifre, I believe that also um, a few ministers from Junts uh, resigned, they stepped out? Absolutely, all of them. So it was uh, one sacked by Aragonés, and the other six, they resigned. Uh, Esquerra appointed these uh, six new ministers in order to replace uh, June's members. Basically, this works pretty easily. Um, the president, Pere Aragonés, is directly appointing these ministers. Yeah, and who are these uh, new ministers? What's their story? Well, what's interesting about it is like three out of the seven new ministers appointed have backgrounds in other parties. For instance, the current, the new uh, universities minister, Kim Nadal, mm-hmm. uh, used to be a mayor of Girona for the Socialist Party, who is, uh, which is junior, unionist, by the way. Um, Kim Nadal, he kind of moved away a little bit from the socialists and now he's an independent so he's he's not he's not member of any party he's 74 by the way and now he's ended up in an Esquerra government I, I believe that Nadal is not the only historic figure that Aragonés uh, has brought back into government right yeah absolutely so Carlos Campozano used to be an MP for Pedecat, uh, who's like the heir of the old uh, center-right nationalist Catalan party called Convergencia, so center-right. So that means that Nadal used to be socialist, Carlos Campuzano uh, used to be part of a center-right party, and we have like another uh, minister coming from a different party from Esquerra, who's Gemma Wazart. Gemma Wazart used to be the uh, leader of Podemos in Catalonia, this anti-austerity far-left party. So what Aragonés has done with this government is to have, like, you know, okay, I'm I'm leading a solo government. I know it's a minority government, only Esquerra members, but I want to show that my government has a wide range of ideologies and I want right. to... Right, and that's why he went outside the Esquerra's circle. Exactly. Not only not only getting people um, of the center-right and center-left and far-left, not only that, but also all these people, we can say that they are strong supporters of a referendum on independence. Not necessarily defending independence, but they are people who want a referendum of independence. So I think Aragonés wanted to show that uh, his government aims to reach, you know, this um, consensus in Catalan population, either if you are left wing or right wing, on uh, an independence vote. Right. And I also heard that uh, Aragonés said that the new cabinet will represent, and I'm quoting here, will represent the consensus of 80% of citizens. What does that mean exactly? Mm -hmm. So um, this 80% is the figure uh, that has uh, shown in a lot of polls of the amount of people who favor a referendum on independence. Not independence, a referendum. So this figure you know, usually oscillates between 70 and 80% of the people who say, 
okay, look, we've had enough of this debate. Let's vote. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, so what Aragonés is looking for is not just independence block and just those in favor of independence, but also try to extend the consensus and reach uh, this 80% of people who are in favor of a, of a vote. But of course, opposition parties, in which, for instance, Junts mm -hmm. um, is included now, they say, yeah, okay, you say that your government represents 80% of citizens, but this is false because uh, you only have 25% of the seats in parliament. So... So yeah, they're not really convinced about this. Yeah, this so argument. the opposition has been like vocal about the new, the new ministers. They've criticized it a lot because they say it has no majority, and even Junts, the old allies, they say that this government has no longer legitimacy because Aragonés was appointed president as a result of a deal with Junts, but this deal doesn't exist anymore. So Junts and other parties uh, say that, you know, there's no legitimacy and he should uh, go through a motion of confidence in parliament or a snap election. You know, that's what they say. Right. So uh, let's take a pause now and listen to this report from our correspondent Killian Shields. We'll be right back. After 10 years of collaboration, working together through the referendum vote in 2017 and for years afterwards, the two main pro-independence parties are now no longer united by their shared goal of splitting from Spain. But how did we get here? How did the coalition collapse? Esquerra and Junts found it difficult to reach a deal over forming a government after the last election in 2021, and the three-month deadline to name a president nearly passed before Junts agreed to back Esquerra's Pere Aragonés for the post. One of the first tasks for the new president was to manage the dialogue table between the Catalan and Spanish governments. Junts wanted to send party members who were not part of the Catalan executive at the time, but Aragonés decided that only ministers should attend. Junts refused to take part in the talks and instead criticised them as pointless endeavours. In the summer of 2021, there was a lot of talk about expanding Barcelona's airport with funding of around 1.7 billion euro. Jordi Puigneró, Catalonia's vice president at the time and member of pro-business Junts, made a deal with the Spanish government for the investment in the infrastructure. The senior coalition partner stalled on greenlighting the proposal, largely over environmental concerns, and it eventually fell through. One of the biggest points of contention between the parties came this summer, when Laura Borras was suspended as Parliament Speaker, due to being investigated for alleged corruption while she was head of the Catalan Institute of Letters. Borras strongly denies the allegations and has described the investigation as political persecution. However, Esquerra Bureau members voted in favour of applying the article that saw the Junts President suspended from her post in July. By the autumn, tensions were high. Aragonés declined to attend the National Day rally after the organisers were highly critical of the government. At the fifth anniversary of the referendum on October 1st, some Esquerra figureheads, including former Parliament Speaker Carme Forcadei, who was imprisoned for years for her part in the referendum, were whistled and jeered by the crowd when they spoke on stage. 
Against this backdrop of uncertainty over how to pursue independence and bitter resentment growing between the two sides of the divide, Junts decided to up the pressure on Aragonese during the general policy debate in September by suggesting the president submit himself to a motion of confidence in the chamber. Junts said at the time that they wanted to ensure that the investiture agreement was being complied with, but Aragonese viewed the move as an act of distrust and promptly fired his vice president as a result. Junts responded by calling an internal vote among their members, who decided to break the decade of cooperation with the other main wing of the independence bloc and leave the government. Thank you, Killian, for that. Gifre, we have talked about the tensions inside the pro-independence uh, movement in the podcast before, uh, quite recently, when we produced an episode about the October 1st independence referendum. But just give our listeners a quick refresh about this. How does the 2017 referendum and aftermath still shape the independence movement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, we we had this podcast and we had a couple of experts and one of them, Danny Satra, uh, he said something very interesting. He said that the pro-independence government at the time in 2017 was very concerned about preparing and organizing the referendum. Remember that this was very difficult because Spain was banning the referendum, so it was not not easy to, to, to make it anyway. So it was the logistics was very complicated. But according to Satra, the pro-independence parties and government didn't think about the day after, you know. So once the referendum took place, okay, what next? What next? Yeah, they didn't plan long term. Absolutely. No, not not really. Not really. So they ended up um, declaring independence, but not implementing it because there was no international recognition. Spain took over. They ousted the, the, the whole government and and they imposed direct rule. So the outcome of the referendum was not independence, let's say. So what next for the independence movement? From late 2017, we already saw two separate strategies. On the one hand, Esquerra, the ones in government now, mm-hmm. uh, in, in solo government now, they were like, okay, we should prioritize talking to Madrid, like reach some kind of agreement on an allowed referendum with Spain, making the most of the fact that uh, Spain's government had just changed and the, the socialists who are more moderate were now in, 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 in the Spanish government. That was Esquerra's approach, talking to Madrid and persuading Madrid on another referendum, in this case accepted, like Scotland with the United Kingdom in yeah. 2014, for instance. But June's their approach from day one after 2017 was going ahead with this more confrontational approach with Spain. Mm-hmm. So they call, they talk about peaceful confrontation. That's what they want, you know, a peaceful confrontation with Spain uh, in order to, they say, implement the re- the results of the 2017 referendum, which was 90% in favor, but with only 40% of turnout. So the ones against independence didn't, didn't turn up uh, in the vote. So these two different strategies are all the time clashing, you know, this, mm-hmm. they are opposing strategies. So both parties want the same, a Catalan Republic, but, and split with Spain, but they have 
very different ways to reach it. Yeah, and that's been a problem. They haven't been able to find a middle ground. Absolutely. No, 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 not at all. And that's the problem. Uh, five years have already gone by and they, they, they haven't found consensus yet. So this situation has escalated and this has ended in, a, in the end of this uh, coalition. So we asked Ernesto Pascual, a doctor in political science, to know if Aragonés single-party cabinet can survive the remaining two and a half years of the legislature. Let's have a listen. We'll be back in a minute. The Declaration of Independence is the source of the current split in the independence movement. The 2017 independence push created a collective excitement in a part of Catalonia, but after the failure to exit Spain, disappointment came, and this disappointment has to be managed. There is no tradition of minority governments in Catalonia, so everyone's effort to negotiate is required. The president's first move has been appointing ministers that come from different political backgrounds from his, and that cover all the range of the old Catalan politics. If the Spanish government changes after the upcoming election and the People's Party and right-wing Vox get a majority, the Catalan government's backbone would tumble. The socialists would be forced to try to gain more power in Catalonia. This is a real possibility. This scenario may also lead to Esquerra asking far-left coup and other nationalists for support arguing that the Spanish government will suppress their rights. Painful or not, the truth is that there have been several phases in the road to independence. It was in full swing in 2017, but now the momentum is clearly gone. This is very painful for the people who had had high hopes on the idea of an independent Catalonia. Ni molt menys. Que necessita una reconstrucció evident de les bases, que necessita un projecte millor. They have seen this will not come true in the short term, and that a reconstruction of the movement is needed in order to be a better project. Un moment com el que vam viure. So, uh, Gifred, talking about the end of the coalition, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. Can Aragonés single-party mm -hmm. cabinet survive? Well, I think it's very difficult, to be honest, because, um, I mean, they only have 33 MPs out of 135, so they will have to look for alliances or allies in every single vote. But the most key part of the of the mandate and of all mandates probably in, in Catalonia is the budget vote, you know? Mm. Uh, for instance, the 2023 budget is to be voted in one or two months in Parliament. So if the opposition blocks this uh, budget, this 2023 budget, it means that in 2023, Catalonia's administration has to work with the 2022 budget like extended 
So the same, but extended into 2023. But of course, the situation has changed a lot. Now we've got this inflation, we've got this war in Ukraine. So circumstances are completely different. And working with uh, an outdated budget for a whole year is very difficult for a government. So not having the support of opposition can be crucial for the future of Aragonese, uh, Aragonese's um, term. We will see what happens. Some parties have said, like Coop, for instance, far left Coop, or far left Ancomo um, Podem, or even the Unionist Socialists have said they are open to talk about it, mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. about the, the 2023 budget. All these three parties that I mentioned would be enough to pass it, but it's going to be very long. We will see if Aragonés manages to to get this 2023 uh, spending plan passed. So yeah, the government could continue without the 2023 budget, but it's more of a rocky road. It's going to be difficult. Another challenge that Esquerra Party is facing also is the 2023 local and Spanish uh, elections. Could that be influential uh, somehow? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, The local elections will be held in late May 2023. And this will be the first test uh, to see whether voters kind of green light this solo government of Esquerra. Local elections are different because you are Mm -hmm. voting your mayor. So it's got nothing to do. You're right. But it's the same parties. And we can see more or less some trend and imagine that Esquerra's uh, vote share, it's plummeting. This, This will give a sense of the people's support for the government. But especially the the election that will uh, be more important in this case will be the Spanish election in 2023. And this Spanish election can change everything. Why? Because at the moment, Esquerra wants talks with Madrid to persuade Madrid for a referendum. Okay, that's fine. But what if the government changes? At the moment in Spain, we have the socialists and anti-austerity Podemos uh, governing. But in one year, if this changes and the right-wing parties, uh, People's Party and far-right Vox win the 2023 election, Mm -hmm. this will change a lot because uh, the People's Party and Vox will never talk about independence or will never set uh, some negotiation process or anything like that with Catalonia. Meaning that Esquerra's strategy will make little sense, let's say. I mean, trying to persuade Madrid for a referendum if Madrid doesn't even want to sit at the same negotiation table, that's a bit difficult. Right. So speaking about future scenarios, uh, finally, Gifre, in what direction is the territory heading? Is this the end game for the independence bloc? Well, it's 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 still early to say, probably. So the support for independence is still there. So polls are talking about 40, 45% of the uh, voters in favor of independence. So the fact that we no longer have an independence government doesn't mean that people are no longer pro-independence. But in terms of progressing towards this goal, I think it's a bit difficult if there's no collaboration uh, among uh, those who support this uh, this movement. 
I, again, uh, I think everything could change if in late 2023 right-wing parties in Spain win. This might finally provoke a reconciliation in the, in, in the independence bloc because I think they will find consensus in saying, okay, we don't want this government in Spain and it's impossible to persuade them uh, for a referendum mm -hmm. so we have to come together and do something different. It's one year to go but I think things are getting interesting. Yeah, to say the least. Okay, well, and there is where we are going to leave the conversation this week. Thank you so much, Kiefre. Yeah, you're welcome. A pleasure. But before we leave the studio, time now for our Catalan phrase. What is it this week? Yeah, so this week is Ambulica Cafafort. Things are getting trickier. Things are getting... Yeah, yeah something absolutely. like that. Things are difficult and now are getting more difficult. That's what Ambulica Cafafort means. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. Do please subscribe to Feeling the Sync wherever you get your podcast, if you haven't already. We'll be back again next Saturday with another episode of Feeling the Sync. Until then, from me, Alejandra Angul Alonso, and all of us here at Caroline News. Bye for now. Adeu.